What would you do if one day you were hanging out with your best friend and you saw a moose walk by? Or did you? And then we meet a family that's on vacation. And they start to hear rumors about a local haunted house. When this family shows up to this abandoned home, they have no idea they're about to go straight into the depths of the unknown. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun out there in the bright, sunny world. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is the last of our Christmas live stream contributors. Everyone give it up for Leo. Woohoo, yeah, come on in, Leo, big old lion boy. Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Leo, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode, scratching behind the ears. Make him smile. (laughs) I don't know, can lion smile? Is Leo actually a lion? Who knows? But anyways, if you guys can't support the Patreon, if you don't want to get scratched behind the ears, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know, because that helps the show grow. (laughs) I like the little rhyming thing. It's pretty fun. Leo, you're going to be... Oh, wait, I already said that part. Leo, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Fly us all the way out to Sweden. Leo, go ahead and land this Dirgible in Sweden. We're about to go on a little trip with two teenage boys. Now, this story was posted online by somebody going by the name of Zelvin. We're going to go ahead and call him Miles. And then his friend is also in the story. We're going to call him Scott. And we're in the country of Sweden. And Miles explains, I used to live in this house that was near the woods. And it was also near this long dirt road. This really, really long dirt road that had big open fields on both sides of the road. So me and Scott, we used to take my quad bike and we would drive up and down the road. It was just a lot of fun being teens, kicking up dust, literally, on the quad bike. But on one particular day, something weird happened. I have no way to explain what happened. Just let me tell you this story. So Miles says, I was on my quad bike with my buddy Scott and we were driving down this dirt road like we had done dozens of times before. And way off in the distance, we see a figure moving down the road, walking towards us. And it it was a man who appeared to be walking several dogs at once. You know how, like, if someone's holding a bunch of leashes and the dogs are pulling them in every which direction, he's like, oh, no, 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 go this way, go this way. That's what we saw out there. That's what we saw. We saw a man walking several dogs at once, which is unusual. Right? Normally people might walk two dogs at the same time. This guy straight up looked like he was trying to control 101 Dalmatians. It's far off we see this man trying to control the motion of all these dogs. And just out of curiosity, we don't really see a lot of people just walking in this area. Especially not with a bunch of dogs. Maybe they'll tangle them up with their leashes and it'll fall down and it'll be funny. Miles fires up the quad bike and they begin driving out towards this man. 
But as they get closer, Scott's like, Miles, Miles, look. And Miles looks up, and it's no longer a man walking several dogs. What they see is a moose. That's not the end of the story. I don't know why it took such a long pause. They see a moose where the man used to be standing. It's not like there was a moose behind this guy. That's why he's walking the dog so fast. He's like, I've been trying to lose this moose for miles. He's following us. No, they no longer see the man walking several dogs. Now they just see a giant moose, and it's walking towards them like the man was. And they stop the quad bike, and they look, and they're just watching this moose walk down the road. But as the duo is staring at this moose, all of a sudden, Miles realizes, wait, that's not a moose. You're like, yeah, these kids just have really bad vision. No. Miles goes, that's not a moose. Look, Scott, look. And they realize that it isn't a moose. It's a man walking down the street. But (laughs) this time there are no dogs. He's not being pulled every which way. It's just a dude walking down the street. At this point, your curiosity would be piqued, right? There's something, something's going on. It's probably that you have bad vision, but, or, you know, it could be something paranormal. (laughs) It could be that famous cryptid you heard of, man with dogs slash moose cryptid. They're still trying to figure out a good name for it. The moose walker. But anyways, they see now it's a man with no dogs walking down the street So Miles and Scott continue to drive towards him. And that's when they realize the man isn't just walking in a straight line anymore. He's actually veering from side to side across the road. He's walking from like, well, not they say he's not even really walking. He's like stumbling to one side of the road and then stumbling to the other side of the road and then stumbling to the, and he's still making his way towards the teens. But they go, it looks like he was seriously drunk or seriously ill. The way he was stumbling from one side of the road to the other. And then when they see that, they actually speed up on the quad bike because they think something's wrong. They've they've heard about that medical mystery where people turn into moose is meese and then stumble around. They begin driving the quad bike even quicker to see if this guy needs help because he seems like he's in distress the way he's veering from side to side. But then they see him actually stumble off the road and into the field. Remember, there's fields on both sides of this road. He stumbles off the road, and now they're like, okay, this guy's definitely having some sort of medical emergency. Let's get out there. And so they rev up the quad bike, and they get to where they saw the man stumble off the road, and they hop off the ATV, and Miles and Scott are like, dude, are you okay? Are you o? Huh? Where they saw the man fall off the road into the field, there's nobody there. So the kids are kind of looking around and they're like, we're not hallucinating. This is in the middle of the day. We're not hallucinating. We're not on any drugs. Forget the fact that a bunch of dogs disappeared. Forget the fact that we saw a moose. That must have just been like a trick of the light. We clearly saw a man and we clearly saw him fall off the road right here. But where is he? And they looked around and they couldn't find the guy. And now they're starting to get freaked out. (laughs) I would have been freaked out by the moose part. But now they're starting to get freaked out. And they continue their search for about a minute or two. Because they swear they saw... Even if it was a moose or a man with a bunch of dogs. Whatever it was. They saw it fall off into the field. But now there's nothing here. And about a minute or two pass. And all of a sudden. 
Miles and Scott hear a... They hear the crack of a gunshot nearby. And then a loud moan echoed across the fields. This wail sounded to them like an animal in pain. And and at that point, you gotta you gotta just get out of there, right? At the very least, someone's shooting near you. You're you've seen a bunch of weird stuff. You're hearing a weird noise. And and Miles said, "Listen, in this area, we do hear gunshots. There are hunters and everything like that, but." We are hearing this animal moaning. We don't see any animals around. We've had this huge, like, shared hallucination. Let's just go home. Quad bike fun has ended for the day. But it wasn't going to end forever. It was just too fun riding this bike down this dirt road. The very next day, Miles and Scott hop back on the quad bike. They're driving down this dirt road. Down the road. Once again, far down the road, they see a man walking down the street this time they speed up right away they did a lot of starting and stopping and driving slowly the first time they speed up right away they're driving right out towards this man and as they have a clear line of sight on this guy as they're speeding up they're looking at him he turned into a moose they're getting closer and closer and then he turns back into a human At that point, they begin to see this guy walk from side to side on the road, fall off into the field. They're getting closer, even closer to where they last saw him fall off into the field when they hear a... After the second time, it played out almost exactly the same. After this second time it happened on the second day, they never saw it again. They never saw whatever this phenomenon was. They never saw it. They never heard it. It happened two days in a row, and that was it. And Miles and Scott are kind of left wondering, what in the the world did we just experience? Miles Miles is the one who posted this and he's thought about it like was it some sort of event replaying itself out was it a like what how would you even explain that what was going on it's interesting because I had a, a an encounter like this myself a long time ago um, I'll try to keep it brief we talked about it on a previous episode but one day I was sitting outside of an adult learning center I was learning how to do like video editing at like the you know Adult Learning Center, I don't know another word for it. It wasn't college, it was just like... The, anyways, I remember I was sitting out there and I was waiting for mom, my mom to pick me up because I was like 17 years old, I wasn't driving at the time. I was waiting for my mom to pick me up and I'm sitting in this dark parking lot and across the way, maybe a good 100 yards, maybe a little bit closer, I see a man being attacked by demons. I see a man in the dark and he's like, oh, and he's getting pulled this way and that way. And he's kind of like stumbling. And all I see is two black masses next to him. And it seemed like they were pulling him from side to side. He's like, uh, he wasn't actually moaning. Okay. (laughs) I'm adding that because you can't see what I'm doing with my body. I'm pretending I'm getting pulled from side to side. 
And I'm sitting there in the darkness and I'm watching this man get attacked by two large, dark demons. And I'm looking at it for a good, like, I don't know, five minutes. <laughs> Notice at no point in the story did I get up to offer help. I was like, oh, well, uh, you know, the demons will do that from time to time. They'll beat people up in a dark parking lot. Nothing I can do about it. As he's getting closer to me, I'm sitting there on like a garden block, you know, those uh, pot thingy that people put plants in. I was sitting on one of those. <laughs> like, Jason, what are you, a smurf? No, you know, like the big ones they have outside of buildings. Planter boxes, planter boxes. <laughs> Anyways, I'm watching this guy get attacked by demons, and now he's probably only, I don't know, 50, 40 yards away from me in the dark, and I realize, <laughs> good thing I didn't go up <laughs> and start karate chopping, karate chopping at him to save him from those demons. He wasn't being assaulted by demons. He was carrying two large vacuum cleaners. <laughs> these giant vacuum cleaners. And he was carrying them. It was like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. He's probably a janitor or something. He was carrying these giant vacuum cleaners. And I'm watching at that point. I was like, well, good thing he wasn't being attacked by demons. Now I definitely could offer my assistance and say, do you need help? But, you know, better to be safe than sorry. Maybe they're demonically possessed vacuum cleaners. But I, I, people, I'm sure you guys are wondering why he didn't roll them. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm sure there was an easier way to carry these things. But for whatever reason, in the distance, in the darkness, I just couldn't see... They 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 looked like demons. <laughs> Those vacuum cleaners look like demons. That's why, Jason. Is that why your uh, house is always unclean? Not unclean, but unvacuumed. Is a better term for it. You step, you walk through my house, you step on pebbles everywhere. That's not an exaggeration. Um, I don't know. I don't vacuum because I'm lazy. But anyway, so I get when I was reading this moose story, I was like, it doesn't make sense from a distance. Something can look like one thing. And then, as it gets closer, it looks like something else. Um, my story is different, obviously. <laughs> my story's different. It just shows how lazy I am. I didn't even help this guy. I was like, hey, at least you didn't get attacked by demons. He's like, what? What are you talking about? Can you help me carry these vacuum cleaners? I'm like, nope. I'm, I, don't do, I don't do that. To see someone walking a bunch of dogs, and as they get closer, you see they're a moose. I can kind of get that part of it. What makes it interesting, well, the whole story is interesting, but what makes it interesting is that it replayed itself out twice and then the the guy fell off and he disappeared and the gunshot and the wounded animal and all that stuff. Had I gone back to that adult le learning center the next night and I saw the same, <laughs> the same thing happen, then I would assume that this janitor's soul may be trapped in the Valley of the Damned. He is forever to carry two vacuum cleaners across the parking lot. That's his ultimate hell. He's like, no. Um, then I would assume there's something paranormal about it. If I saw him. Or he just needed four vacuum cleaners. And he carried two the first night. He's like, oh, I'll get the next two tomorrow. But I would be like, nope, it's paranormal. Um, if you saw it play out again, obviously. If I went to go like use one of his vacuum cleaners and they weren't there. <laughs> then that would be paranormal. I don't know. I guess I should stop focusing on my story, which has been thoroughly debunked, and focus back on this story. My 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 read on the story of Miles and Scott was, yeah, it was some sort of recording. And I almost feel like 
I mean, there's a couple different ways you could put it out. Like maybe the guy, maybe it was almost like a one man play of a recording. The guy with the dogs was him actually hunting the moose in the first place. Like this could have story could have taken place hundred hundred years ago. The man with the dog is hunting the moose, and then the moose manifests, and then you have the man kind of stumbling around. I mean, I don't know. It's it just it's such an abstract haunting, which is what you would expect from the Europeans. Um, and you just have this weird visual and then the gun and the animal, the gun noise, the gunshot and then the animal moaning, like it does seem like it's some event that is playing out, but why did it play out two days in a row and then never again or before? So again, it's not just a, it's most likely a, what we would consider a residual haunting. It's this act that you can't interact with. If, if they ever got to the guy, if they did see him again, they wouldn't be able to communicate with him. It's just this thing that goes on over and over again but very fascinating i love the fact that and again it's like broad daylight when they're seeing this thing and it happens twice in a row what is it is is the man the moose is it some sort of shapeshifter who knows it's absolutely insane story i honestly wish i had more answers for you but on the other hand i kind of like the fact that we don't Actually, no, I would I would prefer to have more answers on this one just because it is so weird. But yeah, was it a shapeshifter? Did a man accidentally shoot a shapeshifter? Did a man accidentally shoot a human that he mistook for a moose? And that's what he was seeing. And then when he shot the guy, he made a moose sound when he died. Who knows? Absolutely fascinating. Very abstract ghost story coming out of Sweden. Leo, let's go ahead and give you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this field. We're waving goodbye to that moose. We wish him the best. Fly us all the way out to a haunted house. We're landing outside of this haunted house. This is one of those stories where we don't have a exact location. It was posted online. By someone using the handle Successful Effect 89. We're going to go ahead and call him Phil. So Phil said back in 2003, him, his parents, and three uncles were on vacation together. They were traveling through the area, enjoying the sights and the sounds, eating at local diners, the works, right? And while they're hanging out in this town, they hear a rumor about a haunted house in the area. And who's going to pass that up? Who's going to pass up the fact that you're sitting at some diner and the waitress is like, what'll it be, honey? And you're like, I'll take the pancakes. And this guy here will have the burger and and whatever. (laughs) Whoever else, they can figure it out. They can figure it out. And the waitress is like, well, tell you what, burgers, huh? That reminds me of a haunted house in the area. And they're like, what haunted house? And she goes, yeah, honey, apparently there's a house on the edge of town that's been abandoned for years. Local legends, this is not what you want to hear before you're eating your hamburger. Local legend says that a madman went even crazier than normal and hacked an entire family to death. Chopped them up good? They do find out about this haunted house in the area. And they decide to check it out. It's vacation, right? That'd be dope. I I would do it. So they drive out to the outskirts of town. And Phil said, when we got there, what we see is there's this two-story home 
that's sitting on a large piece of land, but the entire place is just falling apart. Like, if any place was going to be a haunted house, it would be something like this. It seems almost like the place that a bunch of, like, druggies and teenagers would go to on the weekends and smoke and drink and all that stuff. There was graffiti all over the building. Like, no one would ever bother you out here. This seems like the type of place that if it's not a haunted house, like a genuine haunted house, it would have some cool stuff to see walking around in. And so Phil said they all get out of the car and they're walking in, and he goes, like it would seem with an abandoned house, he goes, it was a complete mess. He goes, some of the rooms were missing more than one wall. Just the place is completely falling apart. You could see where nature was taking back the land. It was creeping through the floorboards. It was destroying the structure of this house. There was no ceiling on the second floor, which technically means there's just no ceiling, right? There's no ceiling on the second floor. He said you would find the graffiti and someone had spray painted on the wall. This is the house of the devil. But, you know, you'd expect that's what teenagers would be spray painting. They continue to explore the house. They're just kind of walking around the ground floor. And Phil says he sees a doorway. And when he he goes, they're in the house. They're here during the daytime. They're not a bunch of teenagers. They're not going to hit this place up late at night. They're actually exploring it during the day. And Phil said, even during the day, he goes, when I looked into this doorway... The room was exceptionally dark. And what he saw was a spiral staircase. So you had the door leading into what he presumes is the basement at this point. And he says you have this doorway and then you have this spiral staircase leading down into the darkness. And it's impenetrable darkness. Like they cannot see what's down there. And they figure, like Phil, that this must be the basement. And because it was the creepiest room they had found so far, because they were also saying it seemed a little underwhelming. What they were walking through was just kind of a junk house. They were hoping for something a little more spooky. But when Phil spied this basement, the group, this guy is walking around with his three uncles and two parents. He's the only kid there. They go, you know what? Let's save that room for last. Because right now everything's kind of been underwhelming. So unless unless we all get attacked by killer hobos on the second floor, that will be the most exciting room. Let's save it for last. They do actually, I mean, I want to do this. This is completely unsafe, but they do go to the second floor of this crumbling house. They walk up the staircase. They are leaving the basement for their way out. Check that out at the very end. They go up to the second floor. They look around. It's just more of the same. It's just floorboards being creaky, No ceiling, graffiti on walls, stuff like that. Not super spooky. Interesting, sure, but not incredibly spooky. So then they go, well, you know, we've looked around upstairs. We've done downstairs. It's okay. Let's go check out that spooky basement. We truly did save the best for last. So Phil says they all walk down the stairs back to the ground floor. And he goes, we walked to where the basement was. And... There's no longer a door there. It was just a solid wall. And he's looking at it, and his family's looking at it, and they're standing in the exact same spot they were just a little bit ago. They know this is the doorway to the basement, but there's no door there. It's as if there was never a door there. 
it was just one solid piece of wall. But what Phil says is even weirder than that, and that's pretty weird. Phil says, we came downstairs, we looked at this wall where we had just previously seen a doorway leading into the basement. The doorway does not exist, it never existed, it's just a wall. He goes, not only is that extremely weird, he goes, none of us, not even me, none of us thought it was weird. He said that was the weirdest part, was that we didn't freak out that the door wasn't there. We just saw that the door wasn't there and go, oh, huh. That's interesting that there used to be a door here, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe there's another entrance to the basement. That's what they all thought, including Phil. They go, oh, that's odd, but not impossible. (laughs) It's not breaking the universe odd. They all acknowledged it was weird, but none of them were freaked out by it. None of them were afraid. None of them were worried or anything. They just accepted it as possible that a door could cease to exist and be replaced with a wall. It's not like they were in the wrong spot. It's not like they forgot about the basement. It's none of that. They were clearly acknowledging something had happened, which is impossible, and none of them cared that they were looking at the impossible. In fact, they just said, let's look for another entrance to the basement. Yeah, that I bet you that would work. This impossible thing happened in front of us. That's fine. Let's look for another entrance. That They were so blasé about it. All of them, including Phil. And Phil said, we continued to look around on the ground floor a bit because we wanted to go check out the basement, but we could find no other entrances down there. So we all just kind of go, oh, well... And left. And it wasn't until later. It wasn't until way after the fact when Phil was thinking about it. And he goes, what in the world happened? We clearly saw the impossible take place. We all acknowledged there used to be a door there. And now there was a wall. The door never existed. We all acknowledged that part was true. We all acknowledged there was a basement because we were looking for another way to get into it. But none of us acknowledged how absolutely mind-bending it would have to be for a doorway to cease to exist. We acknowledged it had happened, but we weren't scared or terrified or shocked or confused. It was just something that happens. They left the haunted house and they never explored the basement. It's an interesting story. You think we're talking about, we do this a lot on the show because we cover a lot of paranormal activity. The power that this house would have to warp, that's almost beyond paranormal. There's no ghost story that I can think of where a ghost can manipulate a human mind like that, can show them something impossible, but then make them not care or not be worried about it. That is, I mean, even I'm trying to think of a, a demon story that's like that. Demons love to revel in terror. So they would want you to be confused and shocked and terrified in the moment. This type of power level almost borders on alien. Which in the alien world, we see a lot of mind erasers. We see a lot of lost time. 
we see a lot of mental tricks with alien tech and alien civilizations. So, I mean, we do have UFO stories of people looking at a UFO land and the people are like, yeah, it was super weird. I wasn't worried about it at all. I wasn't worried that this ship had landed and these people are getting off. When I look back on it, it's quite terrifying. But at the time, I was just kind of watching it. We That's kind of common in UFO stories. But in a haunted house on the outskirts of town, that's quite powerful. Not, not just to make the door disappear. That takes one level of power. You're basically altering reality. But to then make the people... Because again, think about how you would feel if you went into the bathroom and then you came out and your house had no front door. Like it just didn't exist. And you it's not that you don't remember it existing or it's in a different place. You clearly know it was there and then you come out. There would be a level of shock and it would it would really mess with your head. But imagine if you saw that and go, oh, hmm, my front door's gone. And then you sat down and then you continue to watch two and a half men. Right? I mean, there's a big difference between the two. And so it's interesting because I was reading the story. I don't think I said this either, but this story took place back in 2003. So there is a bit of a time period for it. And while we don't have a specific location, Phil said, what's interesting too is the more I thought about it, this location of the country we were in, the houses generally don't have basements. So that was like... That wasn't something I was thinking of at the time. I was like, oh, wait, a house with a basement? Forget the vanishing door. That's the odd detail. No, he goes, I thought about it. He goes, we assumed it was the basement because it was a staircase leading underground, but houses in this part of the country don't normally have basements. So who knows what it was? When I was reading the story, I was reading it as like, a, you know, reality altering location, some sort of bizarre demonic activity was this a place of where people were sacrificed is this a place of just hardcore dark energy i was thinking of all this stuff on kind of like a, on a um a macrocosm I'm looking at the story and i'm kind of trying to think of how it relates to other paranormal stories and things like that and it's funny because i read this post by phil a couple times and it wasn't until the very last time that I read, I really read the last sentence. I don't know why I, it didn't exist. It didn't exist every other time I read this. I was looking at this from the level of like a paranormal researcher and, and looking at how this activity correlates to other stuff we know. And when you do that, a lot of times you do miss the human details because Phil's had 20 years to think about this story. And this is something that I didn't think of. You guys, it might have popped in your head, but I didn't think of it when I was reading the story over and over again. But to Phil, he was right there. He was right on the precipice of going into this basement. Like, who knows where this led? And then he went upstairs and they came back and there was no entrance to this void. The door no longer existed. So he finished off his post like this. I hadn't even occurred to me that this could have been possible. But to Phil and his family, Phil ends his post by saying that he still thinks about this event to this day. It's been 20 years and he still thinks about the door disappearing. But more chillingly, he thinks, what if me and my parents and my three uncles had walked down those stairs, all of us together? 
walked into that basement to check out the scariest room in the house. And then the door disappeared. Had we not checked out the second floor first, had we walked through that passageway when we found it, what would have happened to them? With no door, there'd be no hope of escape. Had they walked through that door the second they saw it, would they have ever seen daylight? again. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>